Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. I have got to go with this story because I was talking to Rudy about this earlier this morning when the show first started. The actual headline is New York City's first rat czar introduced. Yes. Jesus, you, you, your title is really rat czar. Is that correct? Well, I'll wait till you open the story. Oh, really? It gets even worse? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> New York City. Oh, Jesus. The first you. thing that happens is a rat runs across my screen. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee. Do you ever live with rats? I, no, no, but I'm terrified of rats. We had rats in a couple of our houses when I was growing up. You don't want rats in your house. No. I'm here to tell you. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. And I, my brother, Todd, I will never forget, I woke up one night. We slept in the same bedroom, and I look over, and he's laying there, and he's, he's got his eyes open, but he's not moving. Mm. And I can see that he's breathing, so that's good. Then I look over, and I'm like, why does he have those two little shiny jewels there on his chest? <gasps> they were rat eyes. That rat was sitting <gasps> right in his chest looking at him. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. Dream come true, don't you think? Oh, my God. And today, my brother Todd is the rat czar of Richfield. <laughs> Not because there's any rats in Richfield. It's just where he lives. Well, there aren't any more because he took over. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he Todd took over. Yeah. Yeah. New York City has hired its first ever rat czar, a former teacher who hates rodents as much as Mayor Eric Adams. Now, does she hate Eric Adams or are they trying to say that Eric Adams <laughs> hates rats, too? I would assume the rats, but, you know, you can never tell in these political climates. Yeah, I mean, it was not written. It was written to make it look like she hates rats and Mayor Adam. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, well. Oh, no. And it's not spelled K-A-R-A-T-E, but the woman's name is Kathleen Karate. Ah! Wow. What do you think? <laughs> Just out there doing some jujitsu on the, uh, <laughs> the old uh, rats yeah. there. Kicking kickin rat ass. Wah. Kathleen Karate beat out 900 applicants to become the citywide director of rodent mitigation. Adams announced on Wednesday, I knew when my wife's grandma called from North Carolina to see if I would apply. It was meant to be. It probably was. Karate said at a press conference, uh, press briefing in Harlem. Now, see, right there. Let's talk about rats. And if we're going to do that, let's go to Harlem to do it. Why would you pick Harlem? Well, I don't think Harlem is like how Harlem used to be, right? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I, well, no. I mean, no, in New York, no. Uh, I don't think Harlem is like Harlem. Do you know, like, we always, you know, like as a, 
yeah. anecdote. Yeah, you know? yeah. Harlem and Brooklyn kind of had like those, yeah, like like a negative connotation. Yeah, and okay. both of those have just they've so completely moved out now because like Brooklyn yeah. is very like yeah. artsy and it's like a yeah. very like yeah. you know kind of up and coming woke community. Yeah. Woke. All the uh, all the rats are in Queens. That's well, they're in Queens yeah. now. <laughs> Okay, now, so basically, because it's in Harlem, uh-huh. every well, you can't get in anyway, so never mind. But there's an Italian restaurant up in Harlem that I that I got to go to one time because it's always booked because it's a very tiny restaurant. It's called Rayo's R A O. Mm. There's one in Vegas too, by the way. Oh, okay. But uh, if you ever next time you're in New York, if you ever get a chance and you can get into Rayo's, do it. It is phenomenal mm. Italian food. Oh, God, it's good. I love it. It's Italian. right there in Harlem. But now that's a Tony area. You're saying, huh? Well, I mean, it's it's not. I don't think it. You know, like growing up as a kid, my mother's from uh, New York, from Long Island. But like, oh. I, I don't. I, I I think it had like a negative connotation. They've done a lot of work in those areas, and 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 so it's not as. I don't know if the rats are. Uh, I don't know if that's ground zero for them, I guess is my point. I I like that there was 900 applicants. 900 people, right? Like, that's (laughs) really the underscore of this story, don't you think? Like, I got to be honest, if you came to me and said, Tom, you want to be Ratsar? No. No, I don't. Okay. Well, you're married. You've been married. You have a very happy, successful marriage, right? Mm -hmm. When you get ready to apply as a spouse for a job, what do you do? You talk to the other person. You know what, hon? Thinking about uh, throwing my name in. The old hat. <laughs> she wouldn't go with rats are. I'm here to tell you, right? Catherine would not go with the rats are. She wouldn't let you? Do you think that she would, like, foot down? You can't do it? I'm not telling my mother-in-law. I'm not telling my mother that that's what you do. <laughs> Basically, Catherine has two jobs. She tells me this all the time. Uh, she, being married to you, I have two jobs, and that's to keep you even keel is mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. And the second part is so you don't end up killing everyone in sight. Uh, it's like, what? Uh, I'm a gentle... Mm-hmm. As can be. That is, I know. What you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you're you're just a kitten. <laughs> I don't All right, well, Rudy's it. already heard this story a couple of times, and I got to tell you, the reason I married Catherine and and got lucky enough to meet her, I um, went to my attorney's office, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this new beautiful young woman sitting behind the desk. Okay. So I figured I'd be kind of you know, yeah, hey, a little cocky and everything. Yeah. So I uh, go, walk over and I go, uh, would you tell Alan, that's my, that was my attorney, would you tell Alan Uncle Tom is here? Oh. And she, she dials a number and she, he goes, Mr. Dorfman, Uncle Bob is here. And I said, my name is Tom. And she looks at me and goes, yeah, whatever. Oh. I knew I was in love from that moment. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I love strong women. Yeah. Well, that's one thing. Like I said, uh, I, I think, Rudy, when you first were talking about coming to work on this show, somebody to- told you I was a misogynist. Oh, yeah. No, it was at the Super Bowl party. Yeah. Oh, the Super Bowl the Super Bowl party. party. Yeah. Somebody said, why would you go work with that guy? He's such a misogynist. Yeah. How am I, how on earth would anybody think that I'm a misogynist? I don't get it. I don't know. I'm kind of mesmerized by this story because I'm so glad that Catherine also called you Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's the two of you. <laughs> no, that's right. The two she of us. and you called uh, me Bob. You called him Bob? It was an accident. I was in the moment and I was like, no, listen, Bob. Wasn't. And he did yeah. It on uh, well, it was you know, on it's Santa Very. He's always trying to steal your thunder. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Old Bobby. No, um, I, I, you know, we only got a couple minutes here, but I would like to know what, what it is with people. I mean, Oh, he's a racist. Why? If that's true, Dude. why did I live with black people in, you know, two different times? Why so was roommates with them? Why would I do that? 
right? Do, do you actually want my hot take on this in two minutes? Yeah, or do you want, I really okay, do. All right. I really do, yeah. Okay. You have always, I think, done a good job of being a, the champion for the underdog. You, mm. you know, even though it has worked out well for you, better than most people that are, you know, from this area, grew up, like, I grew up East St. Paul, you grew up North Minneapolis, you know, same yeah. sames, right? Um, yep. You know, but I mean, like, it's what people hear, not necessarily what you intend. You know, it's what you're going to gravitate towards a lot of times. And yeah, you give, you bust balls with me as a, as a woman, but you bust balls with everybody. So, right. So when you look at it in those terms, it's, I'm, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Let's put it that way. And I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty darn stubborn feminist. And if I felt that I had a problem with you, we would, I wouldn't be sitting here. So but everybody knows that I adored my mother, did not get along with my father. Yeah. I had two older sisters. I adore them. Yeah. Uh, my you wife, love your my wife. Daughter. You love your kids. And Where do you get that? Well, but they're Where? hearing, honey. You know, that's just it. I mean, it's just like you, you hear the one thing. You hear the one thing, and that confirms an opinion, and blah, blah, blah. And then they're so they're that the stupid. Well, they're really yeah. that stupid. They just don't want to know you, really. That's just, well, that's you're good. just a commodity. I, that, you're just a commodity that they're consuming, okay. you know? Now I understand. And you now then, I do understand. Yeah. Damn, really? Did I just, like, explain <laughs> that? You How know, the hell did that happen? You know, these radio consultants and coaches get paid a lot of money. Old <laughs> Norton's not getting nothing over here, but okay. It's terrible news, actually. I know. No, I just... Uh, I, it, Makes up for me uh, being late. <laughs> I guess, yeah, well, not a whole hour, but... Um, <laughs> Here's the deal that I don't that I, I really don't understand. We only got a couple of minutes to go to break here, and we got mm-hmm. uh, Phil Mack and Ken Herbeck coming up in just a couple of minutes. Timmy Lammers will be with us at the end of the show. We're looking forward to that. But I cannot sit here and think or tell you I can't think of someone that I would think was either racist, misogynist, or a homophobe. I don't know any people like that. Oh, I do. You know? My father. Yeah, he's all. Oh those. well, that's yeah, 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 yeah. that's how I know. Which, that's how I know what I'm dealing is with. It? All. Um, my father, you know, here's the thing. My father just doesn't, you know, like all of you is the deal. Is like anybody outside the house. Anybody, anybody outside of him. I can see that. Not a big fan. I've known people like that. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he just, he's just, yeah, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not warm and fuzzy. Well, and, not, you know. and you don't have to be. You know what? Thank God it's not against the law to be an asshole. Did he go through a lot as a kid? Um, you know, very of that time, born in like the forties, like doesn't really talk about any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's kind of yeah. We don't know. That's a vault. That's a vault that will. uh, (laughs) They're gonna have better luck getting stuff out of the Titanic than that guy. (laughs) All right, as we segue to commercial, I have to read one of the headlines that also appears in that rat story we were talking. Oh yeah, yeah. Another headline. New York City urges New Yorkers to call out dog poopa traders. What? Dog poopa traders. Poopa traders? Oh, like perpetrators? <laughs> yeah, perpetrators, but poopa traders. Get it? Oh. Apparently, there's a new cleanup effort. I did not know that, but poopa traders, really? That's what you came up with? That's really inventive. That's clever. All right, we got to take a break here. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. And I got, honest God, you know, Rudy knows this, but Tiffany, yeah. I, I have to call a really good friend of mine a legend on this show. Mm. I, why do they make me do that? Oh, 
It's not hmm. fair. Well, is it though? Is it? Well, we're going to find out. Okay. We're going to find out next because we're going to be talking to Phil Mackey and Ken Herbeck right after this break. Tom Bernard Show. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back. And look at that. We're right on time. What do you think of that action? Pretty damn good of us, yeah. That's exactly it. There's no question about it. It is 920 right now, 20 minutes after 9 o'clock. Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck Sports brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Begin your next memory at your favorite store today. Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck. Also Minnesota legend Phil Mackey. How's it going, fellas? Morning. Good morning. Is this the legend himself? <laughs> this is the legend. The legend. Uh, uh, um, this is this is the gas bag over here. <laughs> the legend in the gas bag. I like it. Okay, so Phil, you and I have a job coming up in the next couple of weeks, months, however long it takes, because um, we get to name a cross street, uh, a street that crosses... Kent Herbeck Lane in Bloomington. They're going to name a street after Kent. What? What do you, what do you mean? They're, 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 they're talking about it. They haven't named it. Well, they're going to do it. You think so? I don't know. Oh, so we need, the, uh, we need the other street that crosses over Kent Herbeck yes. Lane or whatever? I said I mean, Ron Gant. I was gonna say it's gonna be Ron Gant yeah. Lane, and it's like it's like it's like paved a little too far past the curb. Right, right. That's brilliant that you guys both came up with the same response. Oh no, Ron Gant definitely. Um, no, don't. So you don't think it's gonna? Kent, I definitely think it's gonna happen. You don't, huh? Well, uh, it's a, it's a, an honor, of course, to, to have him talking about a street with your name on. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I was pretty fired up when they named the, the ball fields after myself sure. or kind of yep. pretty much the family, I guess. But, uh, you know, grew up right there next to Valley View Park and they, they put Kent Herbeck Fields there. I thought that was a huge honor and it still is today. I still drive by it and kind of smile, I guess, at it because it's pretty cool to see your, your name there on a, on a ballpark where you used to play as a kid. So, um, yeah, to have a street named after me, I, it, you know, it's... It, the guy that started up is 
Mike Edmond, who was a, a right. was a huge Kent Herbeck fan, apparently. And he, I, I, he's in Bloomington here. I've bumped into him a million times, and he has some health issues going on. But uh, yeah, apparently he started out. I, I had a couple of people ask me about it before I even knew anything about it, and then the last couple of days it's gone crazy with. Uh, Guess they talked to the mayor and everything in town here, and he was all for it. So if it happens, that's great. Um, it'll be it'll be a cool deal. I'll have to go for a ride down it. I don't know how long it's going to be or whatever. <laughs> so it's just like a half a block, you know. Just uh... yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, Ninety feet. I- yeah, yeah. yeah, 90 there feet. Go. There you go. You know what I hope they do, and I'm very serious about this part, Kent. I really, if they can find somewhere where Kent Herbeck Lane crosses over Killebrew Drive, what a what Ooh. a corner that would be, huh? What a uh, what a man to be uh, crossing over is Mr. Killebrew. What a what a great gentleman he was. Oh God, uh, and Loved a huge uh, huge part of uh, me growing up. That's for dang sure. <laughs> You and me both, Pally. One of the nicest men you'd ever want to meet. And he, I love that story very, very quickly. Phil, I know you know the story about the kids uh, throwing the ball out on the lawn and mom got mad at him. What, uh, what her husband, Harmon Killebrew, said to her. Did you ever hear the story, Phil? I don't think so. Oh. Yes, I have heard this story. Yes. Can't please tell the story because yep. you'd be better at it than I would. <laughs> no, the kids are out tearing up the front yard. And the mom, his mom apparently stepped outside. This was in... Um, was it Payette, Idaho is where he's from? But Yep, yep. Yeah, is that where it was? And his, his mom was hollering at the kids and they're wrecking the grass. And her Harmon's dad said, we're not raising grass here, we're raising kids. Right? <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> that is pretty cool. And the funny thing about it is, is my mom and dad used to holler at us kids in the yard back in the day, back in the, in the backyard. We, you know, hey, you're wrecking the grass. And uh, we kind of went. So what? We're playing ball. <laughs> We're having fun. Everybody everybody had an infield in their backyard, didn't they? Back in the day, you had a home plate where you always stood, and there was a wore-out spot where you would stand and play wiffle ball in the backyard. And, then, of course, there was you know different trees you hit it off of or you hit off the garage. It was a home run or this or that. So I can envision Harmon out there in the yard playing, playing ball and, and Mom and Dad out there watching them and not only yelling at them, but uh, cheering them on, too. No question about it. I, I do miss Harmon. I thought the world of the guy, it just, uh, what a great guy to follow in. But if they can find, I don't, and I don't know how long Killaroo Drive even is. Is it more than a couple of blocks? Is it just go, kind of around the Mall of America? Is that, I don't yeah, know how I it goes. It, I think it just goes along the, is it the south side of the of the mall there, right uh Right on the south side, of the mall goes for a couple blocks, but it's you know it's an honor. You know, I see it when they drive by, so it's pretty cool. You know, one of my favorites of all time. You know, Boone Avenue goes in North Minneapolis, or actually, it's the western suburbs. Boone Avenue runs all the way from God. I think it's a very very long street. And back in the day, Radio Legends, man, there was a cul-de-sac on Boone Avenue, and they called that cul-de-sac Boone and Erickson. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> damn cool, don't you think? Legends, man. <laughs> they were. How many times were, did you listen to them when you were a kid? Mom and Dad had them on the radio all the time. Oh, nonstop. They're nonstop. Yep. As a matter, matter of fact, all your parents are still pissed off at me because we were the first one to ever beat them. So everybody's still pissed off at me about that. <laughs> they are. Well, I'm not, not kidding. Yeah, why wouldn't they be pissed at me? Now, i got to get down to the important stuff. So I'm on, uh, I wasn't on the phone, but I was texting back and forth with Judd last night. 
And I started the game a little late, about 10 minutes late, something like that. And it was literally just 10 minutes watching the Twins play the Yankees last night. So I'm 10 minutes late coming to it, and I'm texting back and forth with Judd, and all of a sudden I think, hey, man, it's three to nothing. He goes, what do you mean? It's nine to nothing. I'm like, yeah. what? Jesus. <laughs> 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 Fast Robert, forward about three minutes and six home runs, Tom. Come on, guy. <laughs> Exactly. Like, my God. We were, so Judd and I were, uh, we were watching the game, or at least the first inning together at Maxwell's, just, you know, just a couple blocks down from the old uh, Metrodome and and current U.S. Bank Stadium. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you guys, it was, so that place was packed and people were glued to the first inning. It was 20, it was like the Twins had won the World Series, right? I mean, it's been oh, yeah. 20 years oh, yeah. of getting bludgeoned by the Yankees. Strangers <laughs> were hugging each other in Maxwell's during the first inning of that game last night. It's, it's pretty funny. If they'd have been playing Kansas City or Oakland or somebody like that, no big deal. Right. But because it was the Yankees, uh, it was pretty, my eyes were glued to the TV. For the, you know, I pretty much watched the whole game, even though it was, what, 11-1. Yep. One time and everything, I guess the eleven to two final, but it was uh, just wanted to see if that was really what was going on, if it was a dream or what. But it was pretty cool. It was. They must have had see. something on that pitcher, right? I mean, how many is that common, Kent? That hey, this this dude's p- tipping his breaking ball or something like that. It seemed like he was almost yeah, giving away the pitches he was throwing. It just seemed like to me like the, the guy would. You know, the guy had given up five hits his last two starts. He had thrown, mm-hmm. what, 12 innings or something like that. He'd given up five hits, hadn't given up an extra base hit. But as you know, you know, if you look back at it, and I was just thinking about it this morning a little bit, he never, I don't think he ever threw a strike that got by those guys. Um, you know, everything everything else they took was a ball, and they never, never took a strike. The guy couldn't get the ball over the plate, and when he did, boy, they just hammered it. So it was, yeah, it, you know what? You have those kind of days, and and uh, you know they better be ready tonight. It, it doesn't last the whole time. Everybody, we could have. It'd been nice if we just saved about eight runs last night and won three to two and used eight. <laughs> exactly. It no, that's exactly. Right. That's it. Uh, but seriously, I, w- I was literally. Matter of fact, I did not know you were with him, Phil, when it, when I was texting back and forth because I wanted to see if maybe the two of you and maybe get another person and the four of us go see a. A game on uh, a Twins game on like next Friday or whatever Saturday, and he said, "No, nah, I can't do it. It's my, it's my anniversary." I said, "What's more important, my friendship or your wife?" Come yeah, on, there's gonna you're gonna have an anniversary <laughs> next year. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. As as I told you guys last week, Catherine and I went to the second game uh, in Miami. Watched the Twins pound Miami. They kicked their ass on, on that one too. Uh, and we did talk about the fact that when the Twins were 1-1 one and one with Chicago, they had to win that third game, and they did. And then we said they have to win the first game going into New York. Otherwise, it's going to be, who knows, it could be a four-game sweep. They not only won, I mean, I couldn't believe watching that game. That was amazing. This is the best part about, uh, Herbie, this is the best part about Tom Bernard here, is he's literally called, he's, he's called like four must-win games already in the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> I have, that's true. If they don't win this game, it is over. The pennant race is over. <laughs> Get this uh, guy like got, 1987. We, we have 149 games left. Boy, I tell you what, you're going to have no fingernails left, man, if you keep up. <laughs> well, I did it for you in 1987 and 91, so what's the difference? 
I appreciate that. What happened in 1988 and 89 and 90? What, you must have done something wrong. I was in the hospital. I, that's a lie. <laughs> I just made that up, as a matter of fact. Uh, no, I, I, well, again, winning back-to-back World Series has happened, but it's not very common. No, no, it's not. But, uh, yeah, the boys are playing well. I like, I like the way they're playing. They, uh, they're pitching like crazy. Ryan threw the ball great last night. Um, what was the judge has been on base 45 straight games. They kept him off the base uh, last night for the first time in 45 games. Um, the pitching, whole pitching staff has pitched well. I mean, they had a couple bobbles here and there in the in the bullpen, but that happens. And uh, but they're playing def- defense well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're you know the, the whole whole part of their game. You know, let's like. It sounds like you want to start the playoffs right away, so let's start them right now. I'm just get it. Let's go no, no, right now. No, and they no, got to watch good. out for this injury bug. You know what? They're getting a little. You know, Farmer had oh, an yeah. unfortunate deal with getting bopped in the face there the other day, and and uh, we didn't know if Buxton was going to get up off the ground after colliding with the second baseman. Sure. Um, you start looking. Well, they showed last night before the game even started. Last night on TV was it Kepler? Uh, Gallo, Farmer, they had five guys on the screen, and they're all supposed to be in the starting lineup. And the only one, I think, Korea finally, you know, he, he came back and played. But there's five guys that hadn't been in the starting lineup that was the guys that were bringing North to start uh, in the lineup already, and they already had five guys out. Yeah, so, Polanco. Right, yeah. Polanco was one of them, yeah, exactly. And now this kid, uh, Julian, he looks like a player. Boy, they really – they. I didn't see him at all in spring, and, and – uh, Correa talked about him, and I guess Justin Morneau was talking about him. So this guy can flat out hit, and uh, he had a nice little ball game last night. Boy, kid can play. He swings the bat. I like the way he swings the bat. God, he almost hit two home runs in his first two at bats in the major leagues. That thing just missed going out. Yeah, well, he had, first he had started. One. He had yeah, he had started the game, uh, the last game in in uh, Minneapolis. That wasn't his right. first game. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but. Uh, yeah, swinging the bat well. They say the kid really can hit. He's hit every place uh, in the minor leagues, apparently. So, um, who knows? Uh, 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 Polanco might get Wally Pipped here at second base, the way this kid's swinging the bat. <laughs> Wally Pipped. I like being Wally Pipped. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds terrific. Now, it's it just makes, for me anyway, being a life lifelong Minnesotan and, you know, 1960, 61, I'm nine years old, 61, the Twins come to town. I've been a fan ever since, and I know I get nuts about the team, but, well, Kent knows this, and Phil, you haven't known me long enough, but I think you understand, I am truly a huge Twins fan. And I don't care, get their ass kicked uh, during some of these seasons and looking terrible. I just have this special place in my heart for the Twins. I really do. No doubt. Yep. I think it, you know, it brings back childhood putting memories of going out to a Mets stadium. I'm the same way, Tommy. I mean, I I got interrupted by playing with him for 14 years, but I'm back to being a fan. <laughs> 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 and and I, uh, I still enjoy having him on or having him on the radio or, or throwing him on the TV. And, and uh, it kind of... Uh, Kind of bums you out when they don't play a, a night game when you're sitting at home and have the TV on. It's like, oh, that's yeah. right, the afternoon game. But we get to watch them tonight, I guess. Have them on. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's when you're a, when you're a baseball, when you're any, when you're a sports fan, you have your favorite teams. I mean, we got hockey fans, we got big t- 
Timberwolves game tonight. Uh, you know, they can make the playoffs. There's uh, the the, you know, the Wild are doing well. Kind of a fun sports deal going on right now. It was a tough tough loss for the Gophers last week, but uh, yeah. that hurts. But uh, yeah, the guys, the, the sports teams are doing well here, and it's, you know, hopefully we can keep them going. No question about it. Like I said, it's it's so much fun. It's to be. On a morning show, like I was in 1987, I had been there. I started over at, uh, at the queue in uh, 1986. So it was m- basically, that was my second full twin season. And I did predict that you guys were going to win the World Series before the season even started. And that was all based, by the by the way, on watching that team. You came up, when did you say, 81 or 82? Is that right? 81, yeah. 81, yeah. So I'd been watching you and going down the list of all these players, and I said, one of these days, it's just how you guys comported yourself in the dugout, the way you guys got along, the way you supported one another. And all of a sudden, in 87, before the season started in spring training, you guys are having a ball, you're hanging out, you're slapping each other on the back, you're hugging each other after home runs and stuff. I said, this team has got enough talent, because I had watched a few of you come up over the the previous four, five, six years, I, I literally thought this they're going to win the World Series this year. And I remember Gary Gaetti on television, we were, we were all sitting around on television being interviewed. He said, Tom, I mean, we're on TV now. Why don't you tell me, but how did you know that the Twins were going to win the World Series? And I said, well, I didn't really know. I pick them to win the series every year, mm-hmm. which was a lie, by the way. Are you, picking them, like, are you picking them officially this year? I will tell you what, Judd and I have picked every single game so far. And that's not bragging. It's just the way we have picked all 13 games. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So wait, so you you and Judd are like, like before every game, you guys are predicting win-loss, win-loss for all 162? Pretty pretty much. Wow. I thought they'd go 162 and 0. There's a bunch of people that want to call Vegas. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I suppose they do. I what I'd like to see at this point, this juncture, is the Twins win one more in New York. If they can leave New York 50-50, 2-2, I'd be ecstatic because it, as you as you just said, both of you just said, the Yankees have been kicking our ass for years. So to see them just massacre them last night, don't give up now. That was um, I mean, you hammered them. Let's not give up. Maybe you can win tonight, tomorrow, uh, you know, Sunday, whenever. But I want to win one more game at least, right? Keep the pedal down. Keep going. Yep. Yep. Keep. uh, Don't uh, don't take any breaks. Guys, get back out there in the field tonight and get ready to play in the first inning. That was TK's biggest thing when we stepped on the field. He says, "Be ready to play the first inning." And and, because you can lose a ball ball game in the first inning, as New York saw last night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Ah, great. Phil, you got to get going though, don't you? I do. I do have to get going, but I I, so. uh, I, I think I share this. If if the, it just feels like just you're talking about the '87 vibes, you know, it's so early. I hate. To, I I like to get to I May know. before I start getting overly emotional. But there, there's some good. There's some good vibes happening here. The pitching is good. There seems to be some chemistry, some cohesion here. And uh, and I saw yesterday, you know, that the Twins have not traditionally been a really hard throwing strikeout staff. Like the Terry yeah. Ryan sort of. Pitch to contact, you know. Uh, they are now one of the two hardest-throwing bullpens in all of baseball, too. So, like, they, they can go into to some of these lineups like New York and say, even, you know, starting pitcher goes six or seven, and now there's a bunch of dudes throwing 99 coming at you in succession. And they oh, haven't God. really had that before. So, 
Give me two right. more weeks, Tom. Give me two more weeks, and I'll, I'll join you on the. I'll, I'll plant my chair on Hennepin Avenue next to yours, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll stick yeah, you, you me, Judd, and Kent. We'll put four lawn chairs out five months before. Wait a uh... <laughs> it goes well, wait a minute. How did I get hooked in this deal? <laughs> no, you're in. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get. <laughs> we're gonna get Morno. We're gonna get everyone. Let's do it. This time around, I don't know what I'm gonna do because in '87. I was contacted by the Minnesota Twins and asked if I would like to ride in the championship parade with the team. I'd get my own little car and I could sit in the back. And what? I said, God, I, you didn't know about this? This is true. No. Yeah, they asked me if I'd like to ride in the parade and, the, you know, just sit in my own little car, not with the players or anything, but my own little deal. And I was ecstatic. I was so happy. And CCO Radio said, no way. Yeah. Those sons of bitches. That's all I have to say. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> People could have sat and threw stuff at you for the whole time. Call me names, throw stuff at me. Yeah. It would have been wonderful. There's no yeah. question. That Phil, thank you so Steve much. Cannon. Steve yeah, Cannon. Yeah, it was Boone and Erickson Cannon. <laughs> Clown, clowns. Clowns. I think it was Howard Viking <laughs> is the one that stabbed me right in the back. That's what it was. <laughs> Phil, we'll look forward to talking to you uh, on Monday, right? Yep, you got it. We'll uh, we'll probably be complaining about the Timberwolves season coming into, to, to an end. You're going to be my therapist on Monday, unfortunately. Well, here's oh, what's going to go on, Phil. Look at it this way: if we were in the AL East, we'd be four games back already. Dude, the Ray, <laughs> the the Rays are thirteen and 0. 13 and zero with, with like a bubblegum shoestring payroll. Right? It's incredible. <laughs> exactly. Incredible. All right, I got to run. I'll talk to you guys. All right, thanks, <laughs> Phil. Here, Phil. Kent, Kent, you got a second? Yeah. No I just wanted to, because I want to run that by you again. Now that's an all-time record. Nobody has ever started thirteen and zero before, have they? Uh, it's tied. I know. Oh, it is yeah. tied. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who they tied with? The National League team. Didn't Baltimore go like twenty-six and one or something to the start of the Jeez. season? I mean, they're thirteen now, but uh, <laughs> I know somebody started. But hey, you know what? You can lose ten in a row real quick and. Uh. Yeah, it was it was the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, nineteen eighty seven. Eighty seven. Mm-hmm. All roads lead to eighty seven. Eighty seven. In this, in this conversation. About 87. I, there we go. You know, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, Tom. I uh, uh, hey, Mr. Herbeck, I've uh, uh, been a been a fan for quite a Mr. Herbeck. Yes, I don't know you formally, so uh, big fan him for many boy years. Now. What's that? Call him Street Boy now. They're gonna name the street after. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing, though, that has basically um, gotten me out of relationships with a lot of men. Um, I had the opportunity. I was in high school in 1987 when you guys were in the in the running for the World Series. My father was going through a divorce with my mom and decided we were going to bond and be friends um, and got tickets to the playoffs for that series. And I was like, no. I don't want to go. What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't go. Ugh. I was fifteen. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. What's the premise to the story? We have to be therapists and <laughs> <laughs> therapy. Exactly, that is the premise. Um, basically, the fact that I made that choice has gotten me um, unlaid. A lot. I guess that's what I'm trying Unlaid. to say. Unlaid. Yes. Because okay. guys okay. are like, really? You make that kind of a decision? Well, I can't see a future with you. 
I don't well, blame good, them. And you, can stay, you can stay out of the ballpark, then, because we won it without you there, so don't ever go to a game again. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I haven't been, been... for the rest of your life. I haven't been to any games, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Maybe I should go. No, I've decided... What's that? I have li- uh, what were you saying, Ken? Well, you kind of dropped I off. Stay away. Stay away from the ballpark. <laughs> stay away. Yeah, stay, <laughs> stay away from the ballpark. One thing I want to do on my deathbed as I'm laying in bed uh, dying, I'm going to say, you know, legendary uh, Kent Herbeck once said on the, on the morning show that I was on, you're going to stay unlaid for the rest of your life, <laughs> and then I'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> that it is true, very, though. That was great. I'm sorry. Oh, that was wonderful. No, it was great. Don't be sorry. I opened myself up for examination there. Don't worry about it, sir. Well, well, if it gets us a World Series, you know, yeah, you You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit myself. You know, I don't follow baseball, but I, you know what? I will sleep with whoever it takes for you guys to get a championship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As long as they're attractive and. uh, Disease what does it turn into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. As, oh, God, matter of fact, Kent, Kent's probably going to get moving. Kent, uh, I cannot wait to walk down Kent Herbeck Drive, wherever it is. We'll go for a go for a stroll with a living legend. That'll be a wonderful thing, man. I hope I'm still living. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Because well, if you're not, I won't be. I'll just tell you that flat out. That's how it is. But it's always a great you know what I, I love about this whole thing and thank you so much for crossing the street with me to come over here and, and do this show because I, I every time you call in we always have a great time Phil does a great job so we will talk to you next Friday right perfect yeah we'll uh, yeah, they got Washington in town next Friday so yep. uh, yeah, we'll be able to uh, that series a little bit coming up that weekend and, and uh, see how they do in Boston here after they clean up on the Yankees this weekend and and then we'll uh, we'll move on to Boston. They're struggling a little bit, and we'll uh, we'll go on to uh, Friday night when they play Washington back here in Minnie. So uh, we will talk to you next Friday morning. Looking forward to it, sir. Thanks very much, Kent. All right, guys. See you. Have a good day, sir. Yep. Kent Herbeck, ladies and gentlemen. Score North. Phil Mackey also with us. Uh, matter of fact, I want to read this again because it's so cool. Minnesota legend. I get to call a friend of mine a legend. What do you think of that? I love that. I want to call. I, well, you're a legend. Not in a good way. Well, that's not true. <laughs> well, uh, Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck Sports brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Begin your next memory at your favorite store today. Kent Herbeck, Phil Mackey doing a great job. Uh, I do, if I have to make one prediction, mm. and it's not really a prediction because yep. it's three games, I would love to win all three of them, but if they win one out of three, I'm hoping for two out of three. But if they win one out of three, they're right where they need to be. But maybe let's try to win two more. That's tough, though, to win three games out of four in New York, don't you think? I don't know. You'll have to ask Rudy. I don't know anything about I, I know that New York is always really, really hard. But I don't know enough about baseball to speak intelligently about it. Yeah, neither do I. I, th- I just like when you guys get excited, Tom. That's, yeah. That's, really, that's why I like to watch the game is to be like, uh. I know it's going to be a good day tomorrow when the Twins win. I do love my twins, always have and always will. There's no question about it. We need to take a break. Timmy Lammers' movie review is up next. The last thing you think about after an accident is how your social media might be used against you. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything or post anything online until you've talked to us. 
These days, it's natural to share online what's happened to you, good and bad. When you file an injury claim, insurance adjusters will use anything they can to keep you from getting what you deserve. Your social media posts can be twisted and taken out of context. That includes words and pictures. Don't give them any fuel. Hey, you'll have the rest of your life to share the trip to the lake or your new job, but you only have one shot at winning your injury claim. If you've been in an accident, don't wait. Schedule your free case consultation now with Bradshaw and Bryant. Visit minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back. What do you think of that action? Great show today, by the way. Thank you so much for coming in, Tiffany. It was great great to come in today. Thank you so much. And I apologize for my tardiness earlier. I wanted to compliment, though, the imaging that you've got for the podcast because I was really kind of rocking out to some Steppenwolf. I haven't heard that in a while. I love Steppenwolf. Uh, Great band, don't you think? Oh, I do. 100. Indeed. Is Timmy ready to go? He is. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Lammers Movies brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant, bringing you Timmy Lammers. How are you doing, Timmy? I am doing very well, Tom. How are you, sir? Wonderful now that you're here. Well, huh? thank you. It's always, it's always a, a nice welcome on a, a bright, sunny morning. A bright, sunny, warm morning for a change. Yeah. Well, not, until I get back down, then it'll be freezing and rent snowing for about a week. That'll be great. The, the bad weather follows Tom Bernard everywhere. Indeed. I, I, I accept it all. It's my fault. There's no doubt. <laughs> there you go. Well, Tommy, I know you like scary movies. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. a big fan of the Universal Monster stuff. I mean, I grew up on that stuff. Horror Incorporated. Oh, I yeah, I love that, it. I believe that aired on KSTP at midnight. The opening Good. scared the living hell out of me. Tommy, so that, Tommy did a great job. <laughs> yeah, and and you know uh, that's where I got to know the Bela Lugosi's, the Boris Karloffs, everybody like that. So you know, I, I was, re- I am really excited for the re- release of Renfield. I've seen the movie, obviously, but I'm excited for Monster Kids to see this as well. That's what I am. I grew up in that era where again I saw the stuff on Horror Incorporated because the right thing they do with this is that there's an homage to the original Dracula at the beginning of the film, where digitally, Nicolas Cage's Dracula and Nicholas Holt's 
uh, Renfield are placed in those classic scenes where Dracula meets Renfield in Dracula's castle in that 1931 film. So they're respecting the classics. So that's what you need to do to get me on board. You know, a lot of these remakes, it's like Tom Cruise meets the mummy. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> not the monster stuff we know. Mm-hmm. So right. they did it right with this film. And from there, yes, they spring ahead 90 years, but you know, we're presuming now that, you know, Dracula and Renfield, who died in that original film, actually lived. They both have eternal life. So 90 years later, you know, after being together nine decades, they got codependency issues. They got a toxic relationship. You're <laughs> sick of somebody after being together for 90 years. So what they did is they grounded this in a solid foundation for the Universal Monsters. And they got really creative and made it a horror comedy set in modern day. And I loved it. I really did. No, I could see that. Absolutely. I just don't like the slasher stuff. I like scary. I like jump out. I'm not a big slasher guy. Well, you know, I mean, the the representative from the studio asked me about afterwards. It's like, what do you like the horror stuff? And I, I told her the modern day stuff. No, I mean, I don't like Scream. I didn't I didn't like the last Scream film. That is slashery. It's brutal. Um, but this, you know, the, the atmosphere was the keys of the old films, right? They were really not that scary. In fact, I think the monsters were misunderstood. Here, what you have is Ash versus Evil Dead, our buddy Bruce Campbell's sort of humor, Sam Raimi, that kind of stuff, where it's slapsticky horror comedy where arms get pulled off and there's blood splurting everywhere or somebody punches somebody in the head and their head flies off and there's blood. I mean, it's a very, very bloody movie, but it's so outrageous and over the top that you can't help but laugh at it. Now, the other great thing is we know that Nicolas Cage is an odd duck, okay? The thing is, is that he's very, very funny. I mean, if you, you saw that film of his, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the guy is a great comedic actor so Mm -hmm. he really he can be funny and scary at the same time as dracula because he's part bela lugosi he's part christopher lee he's part frank langella i mean he takes all of those classic draculas he rolls them up into one and then ultimately he gives his own interpretation so yeah i mean and and i think if there's a consensus amongst everybody here they're going to come out of this film saying man he was a great dracula because he looks like the old Dracula. It's not this reimagined stuff with horns coming out of his head or whatever. Yeah, yeah and he I, lives I like Dracula. Have... Yeah, exactly. He's got that <laughs> slick back, jet black hair. That's the Bela Lugosi look right there. But he's you know got this imposing look about him. And he's got fangs, which you really never did see with Lugosi's Dracula. You did see him with Christopher Lee. And I understand, again, this is Nick Cage for you, right? I understand that he actually had his own teeth shaved down so he could fit the dentures in with all the uh, sharp teeth so he could speak properly. That's Nick for you. That's Nick. I appreciate method acting, but that's a bit much. What do you do with your teeth (laughs) after? Yeah, right. Do you get them fixed? Like, do you put caps on them? That's Wow. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's a lot of commitment. But anyway, you know, I actually did interview Nick Cage. For a film I did, I know that you did see Tom called The Old Way. It's a Western that came out in January, but it came out. The, yeah. the interview was the same day that the first trailer for Renfield came out. So it's like, wow, perfect timing because I love the monster stuff. So I sent uh, Rudy a couple clips 
from that interview that he can play. I don't know which one you're going to start out with, Rudy. But oh, Let's start with uh, Nick Cage talking about uh, Renfield being an homage to classic portrayals okay, of Doc. Yes. Here you go. I had a terrific team in the hair and makeup, wardrobe, prop department. All of them contributed so much. The, the favor uh, for me was more... My personal, I favored Lee, uh, uh, Christopher Lee as Dracula in the Hammer films. Um, but there are there's an opening sequence which homages the original film with Bela Lugosi. Uh, but but having said all that, I was trying to find other things to bring to the character because it's been done a lot. It's been done well and it's been done not so well. And I had to figure out what I could contribute to the uh the legacy of Dracula, especially being that it's a universal film. And the universal film stuff is the key. I mean, they own the look to these classic characters. That's why when you see remakes, especially by other studios, Frankenstein doesn't look anything like Frankenstein. You know, not the flat top head, not the Doc Martin boots, whatever. I mean, you don't see any of that. But I got a little bit of the Nick Cage eccentricity with this interview because I'm an action figure geek. You know that already, Tommy. Sure. My next question, actually, this was leading into that question. The answer you just heard, this is the question that was leading into it. And uh, I showed him my Dracula action figure. It'd be great if you could see the tweet because that shows you the whole thing. But hopefully you'll get the flavor of how Nick is just a as much a, of a fanboy monster kid as I am. I'm stoked about Renfield. Saw the trailer today. I'm a lifelong monster movie fan. Here's my uh, Bela Lugosi action figure. <laughs> uh, I hold on. Wait, just give me one second. Because you did that, I get to show you my Wolfman action figure from Universal. Well, so me, there we are. Right up you, Nick, because I got the Wolfman, uh, Frankenstein, and Bella. So Okay, you win. You win. You got the you Aurora, got the Aurora <laughs> model. So that's cool. Uh, great to talk with you, and I hope I, mean, I can I can end it with Frankenstein. Frankenstein's right over there. Hey, if you right. want to, I mean, no, that's yeah, okay. Well, heck, man. Here, yeah, there he yeah. is. It's the uh, Aurora Frankenstein. All right. Yeah, I got the I got that one, the original model, but I also got the action figure. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, well, I don't have the Dracula, so maybe Aurora will make my Dracula for their their club. I'd love to be invited. This is like watching Tom and Judd go back and forth with their bobbleheads. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true, actually. Can't I deny mean, it. I started this thinking, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to see me with the action figure and go, yeah, cool, you're a geek or whatever. But it's like, no, I got some, too. And, you know, it just kind of showed. This is what's cool. It, it, it grounds him, right? I mean, really, now those models he has are from the 1960s. OK, so he's kept them his whole life. He's never strayed from that love and that passion of Universal Monsters, much like me. Right. So that was cool. I mean, it's kind of like, wow, we can actually relate on something here. He, you know, and I think, again, that that eccentricity of him, his came out really well in, in that little short clip. Yeah, I don't. I think it's one. See, I is it a, is it a thrill to interview somebody like that? Because he's a, he is a hell of an actor. You can't take that away from him. Well, you know, I mean, look, I, I've had the good fortune of talking with many, many people over the years, mm -hmm. and some you just think are not going to be accessible. I mean, you've interviewed Nick a couple times, and mm -hmm. I was really hoping to talk with him for the unbearable weight. Now, I talked to a co-star and the writer and director 
Um, so when this came up, you know, yeah, I was excited. The whole thing is, you know, doing Zoom interviews, you get four minutes. You know, there's just you can't get in deep into anything. It's still a thrill. Don't get me wrong. But it really does take it to the next level when he breaks out his monster models and we're looking at action figures and stuff that's totally, <laughs> totally unexpected. And this is a great thing. The interview was stretched from four to six minutes because there was no freaking way that the producers were going to cut in on Nick, Bo- uh, Nick Cage being a fanboy. <laughs> you know, so it right. was it was a mem- one of my seriously, one of my most memorable interviews. And I'm an even bigger fan of his now after this. I was always a big fan, but now I'm even a bigger fan. Yeah, I could see that. All right, Pally, is that everything? That is. Now, who else is in studio? Is it Amy? No, uh, it's Tiffany Norton. Norton. Oh, mm. Tiffany Norton. Okay. You, you sounded a lot like Amy Daniels' uh, voiceover a little bit. So oh, yeah. I, well, hello, Tiffany. Uh, I, I hope you go to see Renfield. It really is a, a great film. I do a thing called The Lamimeter. Eight okay. out of ten on The Lamimeter. I wanted more of the classic universal monster stuff, the black and white stuff. But again, this is just enough to satisfy satisfy my fanboy heart. Love it. That's wonderful. That's great. Uh, Just quickly, Barry Season 4, great series on HBO. That Uh, starts this weekend. Really? We can chat Uh, about that next. Yeah, it's a great show. you got to start it from the beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a great series. Only a half half hour episodes. It flies by. Great. And, uh, yeah, so check that out. We can talk about that more next week. I got Evil Dead Rise coming next week, baby. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Rob Tappert. It's horror Love film it. greatness. <laughs> All right, Pally. Talk to you next week. All right. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Rudy. And thank you, Tiffany. Nice to talk with you. Yes. Thank you. We'll see you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to do it. Have a great weekend. Go Twins. All I got to say. Go Twins.